0: And uh, uh, he had a, uh, a room there, in the boiler room, downstairs, all fixed up, he had a big easy chair in there, and... Where? In the boiler room and down at the town hall, okay. the old boiler room, and, and uh, he also uh, played the piano, and at that time, in downstairs, in the, with the banquet hall, the town hall, they had a piano down there. And I can remember well, being in school, we could hear him playing that piano downstairs, you know, like anything, you know, he'd play for hours on end
1: down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which house did he live in, Del?
0: The uh, next house right below us, Right. yeah. yeah, like, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I can remember the hurricane of 30,
1: 38. Yeah, I meant to ask you about that. What do you remember? Brookline had a lot of elm trees that they lost.
0: The street, uh, I had, uh, across from my folks' house, between there and the Hall Store, there was three or four big elm trees, and that little field behind Mr. Manning's house used to be quite wet, and he had dug drainage ditches down a couple on one side, one down the middle, Thing. Because this brook that runs out of what they call Stonehouse Brook runs down beyond my property here. Down there, there, underneath that house, and down there, and then into Halstead Brook. And uh, he had dug these ditches to keep it. Well, when he had dug the one, I don't know, like 20 feet in from the road, he'd cut all the roots off of those elm trees. And they went down, you know, three, two or three of them, I think. So that street was plugged. You had to go up around this way. And uh, Pepperell Road was plugged down way down by the Pepperell Line. Uh, not Pepperell Line, but the Hollis Line. That was all blown down, down there. Uh, and uh, just beyond the Townsend Line, before you go up Townsend Hill, that was all closed off because that was covered with uh, pine. They did cut their way to Pepperell because uh, a fellow broke his leg working on the hurricane right after that night or something, the night after. And they had to, at that time there was a hospital in Pepperell. Dr. Crocker had a hospital and they cut their way through to get him down to the the, uh, hospital. One time there was—when I was a younger fellow—well, I wasn't too young either, I was in the fire department. They had a, a large forest fire off of Errol Road and out by the I guess they used to call that charcoal corners out there where the end of the road where where uh, Cleveland Hill Road came together and A Road and then further West Hill Road out there. They yeah. used to call that charcoal corners, I guess. And out in that area was a good-sized forest fire that had started over in Massachusetts, and it came all the way through into Brookline on the back side of the ski all. And I can remember sitting with the old 1929 forest uh, fire truck in the quarry hole that's across from Bingham's Mill. There was a quarry hole in there. You could see the remains of the quarry with water and pumping water up onto the hill. And I sat there hours tending the pump. And finally, Went walking up the hill to see what was going on. I don't know how much hose there was out, but there was probably a half a mile of hose at least. And I got up there. Somebody hung the hose over a crotch in a tree, <laughs> pumping water on the ground. You know. At that same night, there was the fireman's ball in Brookline. I always had fireman's ball, policeman's ball, and you know. all. And the fireman's ball in Brookline that same night, and half the fireman. And left and gone, the, gone to the family ball and left all of us, poor idiots out there, <laughs> tending to the fire. And mm-hmm.
2: I am sitting home waiting for him to come home to go to the ball. Yeah, because oh. we were all
0: going, Alfie Hall, Winston Hall, oh. Edgar Bollier, myself, we all belonged to the fire department. Mm-hmm. And I can remember just pumping that water on the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brad. Well, we got anything else on your list?
1: Well, uh, you know, the good stuff is the stuff I don't ask about. Th- those thoughts that pop into your head, you know, those thoughts that come out of nowhere. Yeah, well that's like I say, you know. Look. It's hard when I'm pushing you to try to yeah. make it happen. Uh, well, let's see. Some of the people in some of these houses, uh, I'm wondering, uh, Peter Morges' house, the house on the corner of Mill Hill Road and Main Street, the... Yeah. What corner is that, the south corner? As far back as you can go, who lived there?
0: uh, It used to be a summer home only, Uh, a man by the name of uh, uh, Arthur Cook and his brother, uh, how, I hope had,
2: uh, yeah, his brother was
0: Harley. Holly, I was trying to think, Holland, but it wasn't Holly Cook, uh, who was Dorothy Cook's husband. They owned that house. It came through their family somehow, and they used to rent it to a family from Massachusetts every summer. Called. Delaney, I think it was. And in this Delaney family was connected somehow to the O'Connells, which were uh, politicians in Boston. And Margaret O'Connell, who married Dr. Brush. Oh. Used to be there summers. And she was a mother to Mary Brush, who bought the the big the brick house down there now. And they used to come there summers. And I don't remember of anyone living there uh, permanently until Peter Marges bought it.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Peter, Helen, did you remember Helen? Yes. Wife? Well, Helen owned the Kinney Farm. I don't know where she came from. I have no idea I
1: wonder what her maiden name was.
0: I don't remember. But Helen used to live up there. She owned the Kinney Farm. And Peter knew her somehow, and eventually they got married. And bought that house down there. She sold this place, I think, to Kinney's. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure to Kinney. Well, when
2: did Kissick own
0: it? Okay, she bought it from Kissick, then. That's her. Kissick owned it before Helen Silly. Helen Silly, her name was. S C I L L E Y, Silly. Uh, Kissick? owned it, and lived there as a summer place. And then he sold it to Helen Silly, and then she and Peter married and bought this place down here.
1: What, if anything, do you remember about uh, Carl Smith? I'm thinking, you know, as you go out to the Kinney property, yep. the Carl Smith place.
0: He was uh, he was a chicken farmer, owned uh Uh, quite a few chicken houses in the back and across the street. Uh, He had epilepsy. He used to have spells and uh, sometimes he was somewhat violent, not really violent, but sometimes. I can remember one time there was a fire downtown. Of course, in those days, everybody went to the fire because it was like 20 firemen, you know, and maybe only eight of them lived in town or worked in town. And he came down the street here in you know, a pickup truck, and he came around this corner so fast that he rolled that pickup truck right out into the field out here. I didn't live here at the time. I remember but he <coughs> He was sort of a, a funny fellow also, you know, he, we we were working on the road for Betters at that time. Bettis was rotation right and we stopped there. And and I worked at one time for a grain store in Beaufort and we used to leave grain for him up there. And we were working on the road there one day, I forget doing what, and he came out to talk with us. We were talking about foxes getting his chickens and he told us about one fox that he caught in a trap or something. So he said, I held a trial right there. He said, I sat down beside him and and talked him, talked through this whole trial to him, and convicted him, he said, and then I shot him. <laughs> <laughs> so he must have been in the trap or and something. And
2: wasn't he noted uh, for <coughs> offering to flip a coin or something for his
0: yeah, grain? He'd flip for a load of grain, double or nothing, you know. He'd flip for a load of coin, a uh, 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 coin for a load of grain. Wow. And the grain bill probably was, you know, hundreds of dollars. I don't know how many hundreds, you know, but maybe a couple hundred dollars for a load of grain, a whole truckload of grain. would people take him up on it? Yeah, there was one time the manager did at Worthmore, and he lost. Who lost? law? the manager oh. law, <laughs> yeah. and then his sister was Barbara Smith, Miriam Jepson's sister. Yeah. And she was, she was uh, an athletic type. She played tennis and she never was married, and uh, she lived with her brother up there. After a while, she came uh, later I mean, you know, she didn't live with him all the time. I, I don't remember whether he had a, a wife or a lady friend or anything before Barbara came there, but Barbara came sometime when I was probably 10, 12 years old, or something like that, and they used to petal eggs. They had an egg route in Boston and around somewhere. They used to petal eggs, and in 1930, she bought, or they bought, a new <coughs> Chevrolet four-door convertible top sedan with side curtains, six-cylinder Chevrolet. That car is in sunny fall sun now. No. Yes.
1: Yep. That's why you never did
0: anything with it. The engine has froze up. The upholstery is all. Been gone by rats and mice, and the top is all gone. The wooden bows and everything are there. And it had the side curtains that you snapped on with it. And, but it's in his cellar,
2: you know. Wow.
0: And uh, I've asked him numerous times, what are you going to do with it? Oh, I don't know. I thought, he said, I thought my son wanted it, but I guess he don't want it. So. I don't know what never happened to it. You know? But it's in his cellar. Wow. uh, Well, who else? You got someone else?
2: Hmm.
1: What happened to Forrest Hall? Did he die suddenly? Forrest? Yeah. No, Forrest didn't die suddenly. He had. uh,
0: I guess it started as cancer posturing, uh-huh. because I know he told me one time, he said we were we were friendly later on, because we belonged to the Elks also, Winston Elf and myself, your boy Roy Ward.
2: Junie Susie.
0: Junie Susie. And,
2: uh, Was Roy an Elk?
0: No, I guess I'm not Roy. I don't Ward. think, I did not think so. it somebody else, Lenny long. oh, a whole bunch anyway. And he told me one time he was having a hard time urinating, you know, and uh, he just kind of wilted away, you know what I mean? Yeah. You could see him deteriorate, you know? Sure. And don't know if he never did anything about it or did something that didn't work or what, but I think that's how it started, because he he told me you know he couldn't
1: urinate mm, uh, terrible terrible <coughs> thank god we have medicine today to help us out on that yeah yeah yeah
0: and his <coughs> he passed away i was one of the bearers oh, i was a cold up at the Lake, lakeview cemetery
2: yeah
0: about two weeks afterwards
2: not too long, but not have too been life, long more afterwards that, his I grandson
0: think. Peter Winston and Peggy's boy passed away. Uh, same thing. cold. Oh cold. Mm. Winston and Peter's boy, and Winston and Peggy's boy had uh, cystic fibrosis. He was sixteen years old when he passed. Away. They had another. Boy. With the same, but he died young, about six years old? Five, six years.
2: Old. Oh no, he didn't he didn't Three Maybe,
0: maybe two, three. Same no, sa- same He thing. was,
2: He was quite young.
0: Then they had Valerie, the girl. She never had Valerie. Ah.
1: What about uh, laurel picking? You know anything about that, or did you ever— Yeah,
0: my brothers were laurel snappers; they called them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they worked for Pete Marges quite a lot, you know, and they would they would travel all oh, a lot uh, around. They would go uh, Jaffrey, Fitzwilliam, uh, Wilton, Lineborough, uh picking picking greens and uh, picking uh, juniper and cedar, and in the wintertime they would make wreaths of roping. Where, under
1: Peter's place?
0: Uh, uh, yes, but uh, my brother uh, Donald had a little shack shed behind his travel uh, trailer home down there, where he worked in the wintertime, and Ralph had his garage where he had his uh, uh, yard sales down there. And uh, my folks did that in the wintertime also in the garage down here. They uh, they made wreaths and rope, and my father didn't make wreaths, but my mother made wreaths. She could snap out a dozen wreaths after supper at night, you know. And uh, they had a distributor that came out of Lowell somewhere, Lowell Lawrence, that would come or call them up and say, you know, I need a dozen wreaths tomorrow morning. Hemlock or whatever, mostly hemlock she made. She'd make a lot of them the laurel or went into roping and after supper. And she she didn't go down and go and she she made it in the kitchen. So strip the kitchen table off and take the take the tablecloth off of the oil cloth in those days, you know. Take the oil cloth off. And when she was done, until she was done making wreaths, there was always a pile of hemlock under the kitchen table where the snapped off ends and all. And the rest would be out on the porch because it was a covered porch all the way uh, three quarters of the way, halfway around that house in those days and the laurel uh, hemlock would be piled up on the porch in bundles who would
1: provide that
0: uh uh my father used to pick he'd pick daytimes and makere at night in the wintertime you know when uh, this was this was when he had the dairy business and after the dairy business was taken care of he'd go picking. Mason, up uh, on Mason Road, beyond the the uh, transfer station uh, used to pick a lot up in there. There used to be a lot of uh, hemlock up through there. And uh, also, there was uh, Harold Burgess used to pick and make down there, because Harold lived with his mother on the other side of the parsonage. And uh, uh, Carl Ingram, Carl Ingram's father, uh, owned or uh, ran the Ownwood Inn at that time, and Kyle Ingraham was one of the boys. That was Billy Ingraham and, and the father, Kyle Ingraham, and they lived, uh, after he got married, they lived uh, in uh, on Canal Street, in the end of Canal Street, across from Mama Omolesky's house, and they all used to make uh reason open and,
2: Romaleski's uh, always made a lot of rope and toot, Seems as if I remember.
1: Which one, uh, Steve?
2: No, well, his mother.
0: Oh, his mother, Ethel, mm. and I guess his father, old Joe, I guess they used to make.
2: He'd cut it, he'd go pickin'
0: and... He'd go, he'd go pickin', yeah, I can remember that. he could go pickin', and uh, I don't know. I think Norman always used to go pick too. I don't think yeah, Hector,
2: he used to, huh?
0: Yeah, I don't think Hector ever did. But then there was uh, uh, some others around town. There was a man by the name of Sergeant Lester, Lester Sergeant. He used to pick. He was uh, sort of a. He would, uh, I don't know. He'd be in town, and then he'd be living somewhere else, and then he'd be back in town again. He never owned any property that I know of. He always lived, either lived with a family, or, or, of course, there was a boarding house. Uh, what comes apartment house was a boarding house, and and, uh, and uh, uh, morges was about the biggest. You know, he had people. Oh, Searles, the Searles, they they used to, and the Bents, naturally, all the Bents, that was always their lifetime uh, uh, employment up until uh, late years when young Nazi had his trailer trucks and and Ralph went into the flower business and all. But before that, they were always into the evergreen business.
2: There was also a
0: fellow over Townsend that bought the name of Winters, Bob Winters. He bought off of them. Mm -hmm. A lot of these guys that that bought off of them would buy from the picker. They'd they'd buy the the laurel and the hemlock and the stuff from the picker and then they would uh, furnish it to the people that were making it, you know. Uh, Uh,
1: When during the year did that uh, business take place? It wasn't year-round, was it?
0: No, very little in the summertime, unless they had a wedding, or uh, a lot of times they'd decorate for a wedding or something like that, and they might call up and, and you know, my father would go out and pick two or three bags of hemlock for my mother to make some wreaths, or they, they might make, and my kid sister Eunice, she used to make, and my half-brother uh, Milo, he used to make down there, and, and uh, they'd make, uh, or maybe they'd need a uh, hundred yards of roping or something like that. Ridiculous. There used to be more Christmas
2: time yeah, just before yeah. Christmas. Holiday Christmas
0: time. From, from Thanksgiving on until Christmas. And, and, uh, Christmas tree business wasn't much then. You went out and cut your own Christmas trees, you know what I mean? Of course they did cut and, and uh, haul into Boston and into the cities. Everybody around here used to go cut their own. You know? Just if you knew one out in the woods, you went out and cut it. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Um uh, my house is old. Do you have any regular huh?
0: do you remember Arthur? Yeah, I can remember Arthur and Jenny Goss and their son in law that lived across the street, George and their daughter hazel Davis. Davis and uh I can remember them uh they were painters they used to paint House uh, painters. custom uh, house painters and all you know and uh Somewhat a little carpenter's, like repair work, maybe. Uh, Llewellyn Powers and Harry were also painters. They they did custom house painting and all. And I remember Arthur and, and Jimmy Goss. Uh, in fact, my brother, kid brother, that killed in the Austin automobile accident. They had an old, old Oldsmobile car in the garage over the house across the street. And he bought that Oldsmobile off of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was d- during the war, while I was away, and I never saw it. He sold it to someone over to Milford somewhere, I don't know, I thought he sold it to uh, one of the drapers, Harry Draper, or Harry Draper's father, because they were Chevrolet dealers and used to be Oldsmobile dealers or something. Uh, I can remember the Davises and the Gossets belonging to the Grange, and, uh, putting on oyster stew suppers. Oyster, yes, George Davis used to put on oyster stew suppers in the church, at the, uh, in, the, in the vestry there at the church. Twenty-five cents for a bowl of oyster stew and uh, crackers and pickles. And I don't remember what they had, but they had some type of dessert, whether it was homemade cupcakes or cakes or something. Because I can remember as a kid going up there, for the oyster stew suppers. Was it good? Very good, you Mm -hmm. know. But I can remember those. And oysters, you know, loaded with oysters, you know. You get a good-sized bowl, you know, for 25 cents. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, George Davis sang in the church choir. Uh, I don't remember if did or not, Arthur Gossinger and Timmy, but I can remember they always told the stories about. They had, I don't know what they had in those days. Now you call it a plastic bag. And when they'd go to grain suppers or so church suppers or anything, they always took the leftovers home. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. Not not just what was left over on their plate, but Fine. what they could what they could take home. You probably heard that same story. No, never but did, I know did. plenty of people like
1: that. Yeah, yeah. but
0: they 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 always. I don't know if they never did, I to never saw them do it, but uh, it always the was the story around town that they, they
2: did. rub line pockets. Yeah,
0: <laughs> pockets. Rub-a-line pockets, rub line pockets. That's wonderful. <laughs> mm. yeah. uh, mm. And uh, Mr. Gilson that lived up the street. Where? Uh, where Sonny Fowl's daughter lives now, on the corner there of... Uh, Pass. Uh, by okay. the old gravel pit there where Clarence sure. used to keep his... White point. House on the right... Yeah, on the, the right-hand side. Yeah. yeah. He lived there, and and his wife, I can just barely remember her.
1: Forgive me, who are we, who are we talking about?
0: Jilson, uh, uh, his name, oh, yes. Wesley Jilson, yes. Grover yes. Fowler's okay. father-in-law. Yes. And uh, he uh, worked for Grover mostly at the time. Uh, uh, he worked for my father on the roads. And he worked with my father sometimes, helping with the hay, and, you know, and uh, he smoked a pipe. And he had the, the tremors, and that pipe would go like this all the time. <laughs> and it was curved, not not great curve, but a, a smaller curved pipe, and that pipe would go up and down all the time. Like and he bought an old van. He bid for the school contract one year to go to Norfolk. And there was two of them at that time, Alton Jensen and Wester Jensen, and he bought an old closed in, uh like a one ton Chevrolet van, uh delivery van, and uh put some wooden bench down the side. And that was the school bus. And you climbed in through the passenger door because the the back door was emergency exit. Oh, you know, you could go in there. And you went in through the Passenger's door, and he had some type of a portable seat, so he took the seat out of the way, and I don't know if it was a bucket or what, but I can remember, he took that bucket out of the way to get into the, to the bus, you know. You know, today they, they, they wouldn't let him within sight of the school, you know, because he had the tremors or that, you know.
1: What do you remember about the inside of the Milford Street Grammar School
2: building?
0: Uh, Well, and uh, on the right hand, uh, as you went in the door, on the right hand side was grades one and two. As you went in the door, there was uh, a long hallway, and...
2: uh, That's not grammar school. Oh, grammar
0: school you're talking about. I'm talking about the other one then, okay. were were you thinking, Daniel's Academy? Primary
1: school. Well, I'm sorry, maybe I'm using the wrong
0: word.
1: I mean, Melford Street, where they used to have okay. a little couple on there.
0: What they called then, the primaries. Okay, forgive me. And uh, you went in Decide decided to go where they go in now. And it was a, a sort of long, wide hallway. And uh, it had boys' room and a girls' room, and it had the old-style chemical toilets. uh tank, and and uh, they had to put chemicals in them. And they had an agitator, and you had to agitated every once in a while, and when you agitated it, you know, what the smell would be. And in the hallway was also a big crockery jug that held the water for drinking water with a, with a button on the bottom you pressed, and uh, I guess there was paper cups. I don't really remember what it was. And then you went into that room through a door and... To the left? To the left and the schoolroom was, was uh, facing, like, towards the ball field, towards the back, the back side. On the, on the side towards uh, uphill there, where Eddie Whitcomb's daughter lives now, it was all windows. That was all windows. And the first grade sat as you went in the door, and then the second grade. And then there was a doorway into the other, the front part of the building, where there was three, four, and five. Separate Eleanor, Eleanor Morrow was the other teacher. Separate room? <clears throat> Two separate rooms.
1: How could that, that wasn't that big?
0: Well, you know, when there was only, uh, what, six or eight in a class. Oh, okay. You know. Pack them in. And in the eighth grade class when I graduated, there was only uh, eight of us hmm. graduating, you know.
1: All right, who were they?
0: <laughs> there was myself, Groverfowl, Florence Susie, Doris Kesey, her sister Helen and her brother, uh... Henry. Huh? Henry. No, no, no. No, Henry. Lawrence. Dudley. Dudley, Dudley, Dudley Lawrence, there, Dudley, and uh, Phyllis Richards, who was a uh, uh, not a father child, but a, a state child, you called him at that time, that lived with Minnie Maxwell, Mildred Bishop, whose father was a minister in the town at that time.
2: Dottie Johnson.
0: Yeah, so there must have been nine of us. Dorothea Johnson, who lives in California now, still have contact with her every once in a while. Wow. When she calls.
2: Florence Burgess?
0: Florence Burgess, so that's ten. I was thinking there was only eight of us that graduated. Florence
1: Do you know what Florence year Jensen. this is? Pardon? Pardon me, I interrupted you.
0: No, Florence Jensen, so that made ten. That was the eighth grade.
1: What year?
2: Did you say Olga?
0: Olga Homolesky. Olga Knudsen. Olga Homolesky. Must have been one I was thinking of. Anyway, I graduated in 38. I was there. Started high school in 38. Graduated in June. Started high school September 38.
1: Okay, let me make sure. What building were you just describing? The primary school?
0: The primary school was the building I described. Right. And then you were saying something.
1: Right, but the people you're talking about was that? Uh, they, were, they were Daniel's Academy? <coughs> yeah, they okay. were at Daniel's Academy. Okay. And there was about 10 of them then, you figure? Just about. And so there was just about the
0: same people, uh, you know, all, th- all through school. Just about the same people. You know there were different grades, but but uh,
1: in, the, in that class of mine, it was just about the same people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Florence Susie, I saw her today. Um, did her parents own that that house, that brick ender? Yep. Okay.
0: Yeah. Wolford
1: and Alvina mm-hmm. Susie. Okay. Who owned it for them? Do you know? How about across the street? Pete Fotler's place.
2: Well, Shalek lived there when I was babysitting.
1: Hmm. <coughs> Do you remember the first name, Regine?
2: No, he was a lawyer in Fitchburg.
0: Yeah, and then Keane lived there, didn't he? Afterwards? Right. Yeah, was that before?
2: No, it must have been afterwards, probably.
0: Douglas Keene, whose wife, Mm
2: -hmm. not
0: Douglas Keene, but the father had something to do with the newspaper, Keene. He lived there after Shattuck, and he and his wife got a divorce, and she married Harold Taylor. I can't remember Mm who lived there before that. I can't remember who lived in the Susie House (coughs) and the house at the top of the hill beside the uh, uh, historical society. Nancy Howard, before her? Yeah. uh, When I was young, I don't know, I can't remember afterwards, but there were people who lived there by the name of Campbell, Grace Campbell. And I can remember her husband, but he died when I was young, young, young.
2: Reverend Berkeley.
0: Berkeley.
1: Who was that? Her husband. Different names. She married again then.
2: From Camp? Yeah.
0: From Campbell. Okay. She was Berkeley before. After. She was Berkeley after Campbell. Got
1: okay. it.
2: Pretty sure, because that was after I came to town.
0: On Sprinkville Avenue. It Adam. was a.
2: Uh, it was odd because they were elderly to be getting married. Didn't. What's Didn't see so much of it in those days. If you're a widow or widower, you stayed that way till you died.
0: Springvale Avenue. No one that I can Old remember. Bill
2: Hughes. Oh Bill Hughes.
0: Yeah, but nobody lived in the in the house on the ledge there, the first house that I can remember. Until Elwood Perrin. McKelvey. McKelvey lived there. Myrtle McKelvey and Al Burns. And they lived there, and then they moved where Peter Cook lives, and then they built a small house and had an evergreen business. They were in the evergreen business, where the uh, uh, Brookline Safety Center is on that corner, closer to the road on the corner. (coughs) They lived there in in that house because I killed their dog.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, every time you go to leave the milk, he'd grab you, bite you a little, not a poodle type thing, but a wire head thing or something. And my father kept telling her, you know, to keep him in, keep him in, keep him in. And she didn't do it. I hit him over the head with the milk bottle. Killed him. Took care of that problem. It didn't take quite take care of the problem, but she, uh, <laughs> she didn't get very far with my father, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. uh, it took care of the problem for me, uh, I didn't end up with bites all over my hands uh, you know, or torn, torn clothes or torn gloves or something.
1: But she wasn't too happy.
0: She wasn't very happy, no. Mm. But Al, they weren't married and uh, Al, you know, sided with my father, you know. He told him, you know, he'd been after you for so many months, he said, to keep that dog inside. You know. Anyway, and then then there was uh, uh, a man by the name of Bill Hughes. And uh, he was an elderly fellow, and uh, he had a monument build business. He had some headstones, and. And uh, like that, in fact, I had snowing down at the cemetery down here for my folks and all came from him. And on the side, he ran a, a junk business because the kids, we just take our lead up to him and all that stuff, you know.
1: Where was he, though?
0: Uh, in, the, in the second house, the next house on Springfield Avenue beyond the ledge.
1: On the right?
0: On the left, going. That was the only house there then.
1: Sorry. You're okay, doing the awful. first house
0: is on the ledge on Springvale Avenue. Sure, parents the place. Yeah. The second house on yeah, the was where Bill Hughes lived. Okay. <clears throat> and his daughter uh got in the family way somehow, I don't know how. And uh, she had a a daughter that's Rogene's age. She was in school with Rogene all the time, high school and she lives in Greenville now. Mm. That was the only houses until you got way over the other side the the uh, uh, where Dale Ward lives now, which was the old uh, Nye, Nye house. And uh, I can just barely remember the old Grandpa Nye. I don't know. I don't even remember what his name was. I think it was George. George Nye. George
2: and I
0: George and Addie? No, Addie Addie was was uh
2: uh his daughter?
0: Daughter. She was Peggy's aunt. Peggy's grandmother.
2: Hmm?
0: Addie's Peggy's
1: grandmother. Okay. How about there was there? another
0: there was another man involved in there somewhere. can't remember his name. He was a nigh, and I think he married this Eddie. Anyway, I'm going to That was the only house on Springvale Avenue at that time hmm. till you came to Milford Street.
1: Were, were you in, when you were younger, friends with any of the Austins? Were there Austins? Oh
0: yeah, oh yeah. Uh, uh, Jim Austin. And there was, <coughs> uh, cause Jim was a little bit younger than I was, but I worked with Jim's father for many years, Leo Austin. We worked for, uh, at that time it was Bettis Construction that lives up there. Now where the, the guys got all the equipment in the yard at the on corner of Austin Road. And we worked for Bettis Construction, which later became Nashua Sand and Gravel and uh, uh, Leo and his brother Ellsworth that lived down over the hill. There was another family of Austins that lived uh, down on, behind Bush Hall, that street, what's that? Sergeant? Sergeant, Sergeant Road. There was a man there by the name of Roland Austin. I don't know, he was related somehow, I don't know how he was related to that the other Austins, and he had a son that was a little bit older than everybody and he was quite a bully. He used to bully all the kids in town. He almost drowned me once up at the lake, grabbed me and held me under. I remember now I thought I was gone. He he was that type, you know, he used to bully everybody. The Austins, and we all used to hunt together. And Leo Austin's sister, Alida Austin, she had a husband by the name of uh, Fountain, Mac Fountain. And he used to hunt with us. We used to have deer hung up in the chicken house down there. Like they were going out of style. Everybody's wife had a hunting license. <laughs> But like the fowls, the fowls were the same way, you know. They, uh, they had deer hung up by the bushel, like and hunt rabbits in the time. There was a, a fellow that came from Maine, lived in a mobile home, just beyond the Austin house where Bobby Ward's house is now. And uh, he worked for Bettis and he lived there in a mobile home. He used to hunt with us too. Rabbits, I can remember one Christmas time, a rabbit. We Must have had 50 rabbits frozen, We had shot. You don't see them anymore. No. That's
2: because they shot um. them
0: all. <laughs> <laughs> no, kind of the coyotes and fisher cats. Yeah. Once in a while you see one, not very often, <laughs> mm-hmm. but once in a while. Uh, we've got a lot of turkeys here.
1: It, yeah, they've come back, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Corey, behind her house, a lot of them. And uh, as many as, you know, 20, 25 sometimes, and deer, 10, 12 deer at a time up there behind the house. Wow. Uh, yeah, since at one time, uh, I was thinking, this uh, Naskus, said, lives now in that, Big house that used to be called the Stone Fence Inn. It was a uh, type of a little resort uh, vacation place. It was like a dude ranch. In the field beyond there, in the summertime, they had three, two, three, as I remember it, tents set up, and they had horses there, and they used to. I got a problem with the hearing aid. Can you hear it? The feedback on it's terrible. I got to go this week and get it fixed. Uh, and they had this dude ranch and and the people would come and, and swim in the lake at that time, you know, it was free open swimming over there. And I can remember they used to have campfires there at night and uh, probably cook outside of. I don't know. But they had three wranglers there for the horses. They'd the horseback rides and all. And that's when Bill Quigley, the first. Senior. Senior came to Brookline.
1: As a wrangler?
0: As a wrangler. He came up out of Massachusetts, somewhere down around Everett, I think he lived. And he married Annie McPhail, and Jim McPhail was the one who had the horse that pulled the cars up at the ice house when they pulled the... No. Cars all down the them and lived down, you know, where Quigley's lived, in you know, the down there. Yeah, yeah. But Bill Quigley came at that time, he was one of the Wranglers, hmm. and then as he